What is up, everybody? It's JT Sports, and I'm here with episode 11 of the JT Sports Podcast. This is going to be a pretty short episode. I'm going to be talking about, is Aaron Rodgers still good enough to get the Green Bay Packers to the Super Bowl? Which one is more important, having a great head coach or having a great quarterback? And lastly, I'm going to be diving into the latest news about Earl Thomas getting released by the Baltimore Ravens and my thoughts on him getting released by the Ravens. So, I know it's been a while since I have uploaded a podcast, and I haven't completely forgot about the podcast. The reason why I haven't been doing more podcasts lately is because it just hasn't really been a lot of material out there for me to make a podcast about. So that's why it's kind of been a little bit of a delay. But once the NFL season starts in about a couple of weeks or so, I should be back consistently uploading podcasts on a normal basis. And like I said, it really just isn't a lot of news that's going around the NFL. Now, I have been uploading a good amount on YouTube. I've been uploading training camp updates and news. So if you guys are interested in those, make sure that you guys go ahead and subscribe to my YouTube channel, which is JT Sports on YouTube. Also, make sure that you guys follow my social media pages, my Instagram and my Twitter is both JT Sports underscore. And like I said earlier, I haven't forgotten about the podcast. It's just that it hasn't been a lot of things going around the NFL other than training camp. It hasn't been nothing really worthy enough for me to make a podcast about. I've been trying to find topics to talk about, but I just, you know, made a lot. I make like eight videos a day, or I was making eight videos a day. So I pretty much have talked about every single topic that there is to talk about when it comes to every single team in the NFL. So, I mean... Um, the podcast will be back to being normally uploaded on a consistent basis once the NFL season starts, but this is most likely going to be the last podcast before the start of the NFL season. Once that starts up, I should be back uploading these podcasts on a normal basis. Now, the first topic that I want to address is, is Aaron Rodgers still good enough to get the Green Bay Packers to the Super Bowl? Now, a lot of people this offseason have been saying that Aaron Rodgers is not the same quarterback that he was when he was in his prime four or five years ago. And a lot of people feel like Aaron Rodgers is regressing as a quarterback, which I will agree with and which Green Bay will agree with you in that department as well. Because if Aaron Rodgers wasn't regressing, they never would have drafted Jordan Love because Jordan Love is brought in because they don't feel like Aaron Rodgers has that many years left. So... Although Aaron Rodgers has kind of regressed as a quarterback, that still doesn't mean that he's not good. He's still a top 10 quarterback, no matter if you want to consider him an elite quarterback still, or if you don't consider him an elite quarterback, he's still a top 10 quarterback nonetheless. Now, a lot of people have this misconception, and I don't know where this misconception comes from. Like, I don't know if too many people are watching the sports shows that are on national television and things like that. But I feel like people get too hyped up over how good a quarterback that a team has. And a lot of people feel like just because a team has a great quarterback, that automatically means that they're going to win the Super Bowl. Like people say like Russell Wilson and Sean Watson always make their teams, you know, playoff contenders and Super Bowl contenders. But that's not necessarily the truth. The reason why those quarterbacks are so good, guys like Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, you can't really count Deshaun Watson in this conversation. He's a little bit of an outlier. But when you look at all of the elite quarterbacks in the NFL, what do they all have in common? Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, what they both have in common is that they have two of the best coaches in the NFL. Russell Wilson has Pete Carroll. Patrick Mahomes has Andy Reid. I can also keep going. Who's the head coach for Drew Brees? Sean Payton. Who is the head coach for Tom Brady? Bill Belichick when he was in New England. So, I mean, look, 
every elite quarterback that is considered elite most of the time has a good coach. Now, there are only a few outliers, which is Deshaun Watson because he has Bill O'Brien, which Bill O'Brien at this point is average at this point. And you have Matthew Stafford, who Matthew Stafford doesn't have a great coach as well. So Deshaun Watson and Matthew Stafford are the two outliers in this conversation. But other than that, the majority of the quarterbacks who we consider top 10 QBs have great head coaches. And when you look at Aaron Rodgers, although Aaron Rodgers isn't what he used to be, he is in the best position that he's ever been in all his years with the Green Bay Packers to have the opportunity of winning the Super Bowl. And you want to know why? It's because of Matt LaFleur. Now, a lot of people get mad because they say Green Bay still doesn't have enough weapons around Aaron Rodgers, and they got mad because Green Bay took Jordan Love. They drafted another halfback in A.J. Dillon out of Boston College, although they still have Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams. But here's the reason why that works. It fits Matt LaFleur's system. You see, just because you think Green Bay needs more playmakers, Matt LaFleur has a different set in mind. Matt LaFleur is a run-first coach. So, therefore, it only makes sense for him to try to tailor the offense towards what he loves to do, which is running the football. Running the football in the run game was a large reason why Green Bay was able to make it to the NFC Championship last year. And it has been something that Aaron Rodgers hasn't really had all that much throughout his tenure in Green Bay until last season. Last season was probably the best run game that Aaron Rodgers ever had during his time being the starting quarterback for the Packers. So if you're Aaron Rodgers, you have a very great run game. So you don't really have to do that much in the passing game. All you got to do is throw the ball to Devontae Adams and hope that, you know, you have a number two wide receiver on your roster that breaks out. A lot of people are saying Alan Lazard. It could be Economia State Brown. We don't really know who it is. But, I mean, a lot of people are under the, you know, speculation that you got to have a top-notch offense around you to win a Super Bowl, and that's not entirely true. You just got to have a great coach and a good offensive philosophy that works. And Matt LaFleur's offensive philosophy works because they went 13-3, and although they were one of the worst 13-3 and teams of all time because they had one of the worst point differentials for a 13-3 team. But nonetheless, they still went to the NFC Championship. And a large reason for that was not only because of Aaron Rodgers still being good enough, but also having a really good run game and a good defense. So although Aaron Rodgers isn't, you know, at the pinnacle like he was a couple years back, this is probably the best chance that he's ever had to win in the Super Bowl than he's probably ever had in a very long time with the Green Bay Packers, with the, you know, offensive mindset that they have set in place. And a lot of people, they get so wrapped up in the talent. Like, I can't name a team that has won a Super Bowl with a top 10 wide receiver. Now, I don't know if people consider Tyreek Hill a top 10 wide receiver or whatnot, but besides from the Kansas City Chiefs, name me another team from this past decade that had a top 10 group of wide receivers and won the Super Bowl. You can't really name me one. So, I mean, look, a lot of people are saying Aaron Rodgers doesn't have this. Aaron Rodgers doesn't have that. Listen, Aaron Rodgers has enough pieces set with the Packers that he can take them to the Super Bowl. And although Aaron Rodgers isn't, you know, what he used to be, you don't have to be an elite quarterback to win the Super Bowl. It's been proven time in and time out. Look at Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning won the Super Bowl with the Denver Broncos in 2015 when he was basically in the downfall of his career. Father Tom basically caught up to Peyton Manning in 2015, and he wasn't great. That's probably the second worst year that he's ever had in his whole entire NFL career besides his rookie season. And he was still able to win the Super Bowl. 
So, I mean, what does that tell you? Joe Flacco won the Super Bowl. Colin Kaepernick got the 49ers to the Super Bowl once. Although they didn't win it, he still got them there. So, I mean, look, you don't have to have, you know, the best quarterback in the NFL or top five QB to win the Super Bowl. You just have to have a quarterback who's good enough to get the job done. And I think that is a misconception that a lot of people have. Like, you don't, it's all about coaching trumps everything. It's a reason why you can win the Super Bowl with an average quarterback, but you can't win the Super Bowl with a great quarterback and a bad coach. So, I mean, listen, I know Aaron Rodgers isn't the same guy that he used to be a couple of years back when he was winning MVPs and when he was probably the best quarterback in the NFL, but Aaron Rodgers is still good enough to win a Super Bowl with the Green Bay Packers. Like, a lot of people under this mindset, like, just because you're regressing, that means you're not good enough to get your team to the Super Bowl, and that's simply not true because Aaron Rodgers has a great coaching staff set in place, and I know a lot of people say Green Bay doesn't have a lot of weapons. They don't really need a lot of weapons because all they have to do is play towards the strength of their offense, which is running the football. You can still make it as far as anybody in the NFL by smash mouth football like we saw the 49ers do it last year we saw the Jacksonville Jaguars make it to the AFC championship a few years ago running on smash mouth football we saw Tennessee do it this past season so smash mouth football and have a great run game can still win championships you can still have success in the NFL being a run heavy offense and that's kind of what Green Bay is now with AJ Dillon Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams and then you only got to have like one wide receiver who needs to step up because you already got Devontae Adams so I mean you just need a guy like Alan Lazard to step up or somebody else just to be your wide receiver number two so I mean look Green Bay has enough weapons set in place for Aaron Rodgers to be successful. And although Aaron Rodgers isn't as good as what he used to be, he's still good enough to get the Green Bay Packers to the Super Bowl. So let's stop this nonsense saying that the Green Bay Packers aren't going to win the Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers. Just because the guy's declining doesn't mean they can't win a Super Bowl, okay? You don't have to be an elite quarterback to win a Super Bowl. So let's just stop this whole entire narrative that Aaron Rodgers is not good enough to get the Green Bay Packers to the Super Bowl because he still is, despite the fact that he has kind of regressed over the last season. Also, you guys got to remember that was his first year in Matt LaFleur's offense. So imagine what's going to happen in year two under Matt LaFleur when Aaron Rodgers starts playing under Matt LaFleur's system the way that's supposed to be played. Because last year, he was basically still learning the system. Well, he wasn't learning the system, but you know, he was kind of getting accustomed to it. Now going in year two, he's going to know the system a lot better than what he knew in 2019. So that's also another added bonus. So I mean, look, I know a lot of people are so sold on, you know, on the mindset that you got to have a elite quarterback or you got to have the best quarterback in the NFL to win a Super Bowl, but that's not true because there's a reason why guys like Phillip Rivers have not won a Super Bowl yet, okay? When Phillip Rivers was at his pinnacle, they didn't win a Super Bowl. So, I mean, look, it's all about coaching. Coaching matters more than having a great quarterback. So Aaron Rodgers, with the fact that Green Bay has Matt LaFleur as their head coach, I think he's in the best position that he's ever have been to win the Super Bowl over the last couple of seasons. And this goes into my next topic of why having a good head coach matters more than having a good quarterback. Now, it seems like in this day and age, people determine how good you're going to be based on who your quarterback is. If you don't have a lead quarterback, a lot of people feel you're not going to be able to win a Super Bowl. And that narrative is simply false. You see, having a good quarterback doesn't mean you're a Super Bowl contender. To win a Super Bowl, you have to have a good coach, which is why having a good head coach matters more than having a good quarterback. It's a reason why you can win the Super Bowl with an average quarterback. But you can't win a Super Bowl having a great quarterback and a bad head coach. You got to have a good head coach to win the Super Bowl. And let me give you guys an example. 
Name me five quarterbacks who you feel are top 10 quarterbacks. It doesn't matter the rankings. It doesn't matter what order you have them in. Just name five quarterbacks who you consider to be top 10 quarterbacks. And while you name the quarterback, name who their head coach is. I'm going to give you mine. So, Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, Russell Wilson, Pete Carroll, Drew Brees and Sean Payton, Carson Wentz and Doug Peterson, Lamar Jackson and John Harbaugh. Now, out of those five quarterbacks I named, all five of those quarterbacks are supposed to be top 10 quarterbacks. You know something that all five of those quarterbacks have in common? Oh, they have some of the best head coaches in the NFL. Okay? And it's only a few outliers out there who are considered to be top 10 quarterbacks who don't have great coaches. And those will probably be Matthew Stafford and Deshaun Watson. But that goes to my other point. You want to know why Deshaun Watson and Matthew Stafford don't have any Super Bowl rings? Because they don't have great coaches. You see... A lot of Houston Texans fans say, oh, we're going to make it to the playoffs every year because, you know, Deshaun Watson is going to carry us. And listen, it's all cute and all to, you know, close to the regular season and get to the playoffs every single year. But you want to know why the Houston Texans always get bounced out in the divisional round? Because they're not, they don't have a great coaching staff. Only the teams in the playoffs that make it far are the teams that have the great coaching staffs. Like, it's easy to make it to the playoffs when you're playing in the AFC South in a weak division. Because, look, in a regular season for the Houston Texans, you're facing good teams that are well-coached, you're facing average teams, and you're facing poor teams that aren't really all that great coaching-wise, right? So if you're Houston, you know it's easy to make it to applause when you've been playing in a weak division for the last couple of seasons, right? But once you get to playoffs, if you're a team that is strictly carried by how good your quarterback is, when you get to applause, you're going to be facing some of not only just the best teams in the NFL, but you're going to be facing some of the best head coaches in the NFL. And then the further you get into applause, the more you're going to have a head coach that's going to be able to exploit the weakness of their team by neutralizing your quarterback. Basically, having a great head coach, you know, if you're just a team like Houston that is overly relying on great quarterback play that's going to get exposed because then that team is going to game plan to stop that quarterback and he's going to you know since the quarterback is going to be neutralized that's going to be able to show all of your weakness having a great quarterback in a regular season like Deshaun Watson is going to be able to hide your weaknesses it's going to be able to hide the flaws that you have on both sides of the football to some degree but particularly on the offensive side of the football but once you get to the playoffs those flaws get magnified because you you get matched up against coaches that know how to neutralize quarterbacks like Deshaun Watson that know how to you know force the whole entire team to play together as a team and that goes to show you why those teams like the Detroit Lions like Matthew Stafford and Deshaun Watson never make it far in the playoffs because they don't have great coaches if you want to win in the playoffs and you want to win a Super Bowl, you got to have a great head coach. That's point blank, period. A lot of people always talk about elite quarterback this, elite quarterback that, but head coach matters more than having an elite quarterback. It's a reason why you can win a Super Bowl for an average quarterback. Peyton Manning, I find it ironic how Peyton Manning won the second Super Bowl of his career after the second worst season that he's ever had in his whole entire Hall of Fame career. In 2015, Peyton Manning was not the Peyton Manning that we saw throughout his whole entire career dominating the NFL. His body was breaking down. He could barely throw the football all that much down the field. But the reason why the Denver Broncos won that Super Bowl was because they were well coached. So you got to have a great head coach if you want to win a Super Bowl. Having a good quarterback and having an average or below average head coach doesn't win Super Bowls. Look at Aaron Rodgers with the Green Bay Packers. 
It was after 2010, Mike McCarthy went from a good head coach to an average head coach because he got too overly reliant on Aaron Rodgers. He got too overly reliant. They weren't giving him the pieces around him to be successful, and they didn't give him a good defense. Mike McCarthy basically said, hey, Aaron, I'm going to give you the keys. I'm going to need you to carry me and carry this team to the playoffs and carry us to the Super Bowl once again. That's why Mike McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers had that power struggle. They had that power struggle because Mike McCarthy gave Aaron Rodgers too much control because he got too overly um, reliant on Aaron Rodgers. And after Mike McCarthy did that, he got lazy. He didn't adapt his offense to the current state of the NFL. That's why a lot of people call his offense outdated because he got lazy. He got too overly reliant on Aaron Rodgers. And we saw, you know, Aaron Rodgers being able to carry Green Bay to the playoffs. But it's a reason why, the as far as Aaron Rodgers was able to get the Green Bay Packers to, was the conference championship game. And that's why, after 2010, the Green Bay Packers never reached the Super Bowl again because Mike McCarthy became complacent and he regressed as an NFL head coach. You see, a lot of people, it's easy to get wrapped around the quarterbacks. But at the end of the day, you only win games in the NFL by how good of a coaching staff you have. You only win championships based on how good of a head coach you have. That's why Bill Belichick has more rings than any other head coach in the NFL coaching right now. He's a mastermind. He outcoaches everybody. He outstrategizes you. A lot of people get tied into the players and who's the more talented team and things like that. But ask yourself this, who is the more better coach team? You can make the argument to say that the best team doesn't necessarily win the Super Bowl all the time. Think about the last couple of teams that have won the Super Bowl. Can you really make the argument and say that the best team won the Super Bowl every single year? Think about that. Were the Kansas City Chiefs better than the San Francisco 49ers? I don't think so. They had the better offense, but all around, the 49ers were a better all-around team because they had more talent on defense, and their offense was pretty good as well. So all around, the 49ers were a better team than Kansas City because of their defense and how good they were on offense, right? But the reason why they lost is because Kyle Shanahan got outcoached by Andy Reid. And you can tell because, you know, Kansas City was down 10 in the fourth quarter, and then they ended up winning the game coming back. That's coaching, and Kyle Shanahan kind of folded down the stretch. You see, that goes to show you of how coaching matters. You can go back to that Super Bowl when you had the... Los Angeles Rams taking on the New England Patriots. What was the narrative in the game? The narrative in the game was that Sean McVay and the LA Rams, they had a better overall roster, and Sean McVay was this young, innovative offensive mind. And he was going to be able to come in there and beat the New England Patriots because they were old and, you know, they were washed, right? But what happened? The New England Patriots end up holding one of the best offenses in the NFL that year that the Los Angeles Rams had, averaging over 30 points per game. And they went from 30 points per game to only averaging three points per game in that Super Bowl against the New England Patriots. That's coaching. The Rams were a better team heading into that game, and they still lost because of coaching. So at the end of the day, you notice the teams that only go far are the teams that are properly coached. Look at the San Francisco 49ers this past season. Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't a top-10 quarterback. Jimmy Garoppolo was okay, but he wasn't great. I mean, so that just goes to prove my point that you can win the Super Bowl with the average quarterback, but you can't win the Super Bowl with a bad head coach and a great quarterback. A great quarterback is going to have to have an elite or a good head coach if he wants to win the Super Bowl. That's been proven. You guys can't name me one quarterback that has just absolutely carried their team to the Super Bowl in this past 20 decades. It doesn't happen. Notice that every team that, you know, goes to the Super Bowl, they have a great head coach. 
or they have a head coach who is good at the moment. So, I mean, a lot of people just get so overly tied up into stats, fantasy football, and you know how talented a quarterback is instead of looking at what goes into a quarterback's success. Notice that every quarterback that's successful has a good head coach the majority of the time. Deshaun Watson used to have a good head coach. Bill O'Brien, a lot of people forget that Bill O'Brien won a playoff game with Brock Osweiler, who was average. Bill O'Brien was a great head coach back in the day. I don't know what happened, or I can tell you what happened. He got overly reliant on Deshaun Watson. So bragging about, you know, getting carried to the playoffs by your star quarterback doesn't mean anything. If anything, that's just an indication that you don't have a great team. If you need your quarterback to be Superman, that means you don't have a great coach. Simple, because having a great coach, if you have a great coach, you don't need your quarterback to be Superman. You don't. So having a good head coach matters more than having a good quarterback. But you see a lot of these debate shows, a lot of people, you know, they make it all about the quarterback and things like that. Although the quarterback is one of the most important positions in the NFL, well, not even one of the most, the most important position in the NFL, you don't necessarily have to have a great one to win the Super Bowl. And that's been proven time in and time out. Patrick Mahomes is a great quarterback, but he had a great head coach. Tom Brady was a great quarterback, but he had a great head coach in Bill Belichick. So, I mean, having a good head coach matters more than having a good quarterback. So, the Baltimore Ravens have just released star safety Earl Thomas for personal conduct that has adversely affected the team. Now, this has came a couple of days after Earl Thomas got into uh, altercation with other Baltimore Ravens safety, Chuck Clark. And the way that the Ravens have got ahead of this situation and handled this situation has been really quick and really fast. And this is leading me to believe that this isn't the first time something has kind of happened with Earl Thomas and another teammate. Like, this leads me to believe, and I'm not saying this is, has happened or anything like that. This is just my personal thoughts. I think that Earl Thomas has some more situations that have went down in Baltimore that we don't really know about. And like I said, this is just an assumption. This hasn't been leaked by anybody or it hasn't been reported. This is just an opinion of mine because you got to think. Fights in training camp between teammates are really common because, you know, sometimes things get heated, you know, hear the moment, and, you know, sometimes the teammates end up throwing the things, man, throwing them hands, going a couple of rounds. So, I mean, look, fights in training camp between teammates are not really all that rare. Like, it happens really commonly. So, I mean, the fact that they released him because of this leads me to believe that it was more that went on behind the scenes. And also, when you think about this, a couple of days ago, yesterday, when it was reported that Earl Thomas may be released, it was actually some reports saying that, you know, the team leaders on the Ravens roster felt it would be better if the Ravens would to part ways with Earl Thomas. So, I mean, I think that is more to the story than we are, you know, getting from everybody. I think it's some more things that have went on behind the scenes with Earl Thomas and not just this incident. Maybe he had some other incidents as well. And I'm not saying any of this is true. This is just an assumption I have because, look, I think it's really weird to cut somebody just because of a fight that they had with a teammate, especially a guy like Earl Thomas, man. Like, this is supposed to be a veteran guy in your locker room. This is supposed to be a veteran leader, man. So I know that he got into a little bit of an altercation with Chuck Clark, but, you know, it's not really uncommon to see fights and training camp amongst teammates we actually see it every year man so i mean the fact that they got rid of him for safety detrimental to the team 
um, I'm just going to report now. That means that they can void his $10 million guaranteed. So I don't really know if Earl Thompson is going to try to appeal that or whatnot because you know how these players are when it comes to money. But, I mean, you got Deshaun Elliott who can step in. And now if you are a Ravens fan, you've been subscribed to the channel, you guys will know that I've been really hot on Deshaun Elliott for the last couple of seasons. Only reason why we actually haven't gotten to see him play all that much is because most of the time he ends up getting injured. So I'm really excited to see Deshaun Elliott this year. He should be the guy who steps in and replaces um, Earl Thomas. It also was some reports yesterday that came out and said that when the teammates, you know, came together and the leaders of the team basically said, you know, they'll be comfortable if they parted ways with Earl Thomas. They also said that they like veteran safety Tony Jefferson as well. So maybe they bring back in Tony Jefferson or whatnot. But, I mean, I have a lot of confidence in Deshaun Elliott. I think that Deshaun Elliott has potential to be one of the best safeties in the NFL. This is coming from a Pittsburgh Steelers fan. Like, Deshaun Elliott was one of my favorite players when he was coming out of the draft a couple of years back. So, I mean, if he's able to stay healthy, I think he could be a stud for the Ravens. And, I mean, he has had some really good um, training camps and really good preseasons with the Ravens over the last two seasons. The only reason why we haven't really gotten to see a glimpse of that in the regular season is because he always ends up getting injured. So, I mean, Earl Thomas has just got released by the Baltimore Ravens. I don't think it's going to be too long until Earl Thomas gets picked up by somebody else. And like I said, I think that is more to the story than what we know. I think it's some more behind-the-scenes stuff that went on with Earl Thomas and the Ravens because you just don't release a guy who you just got uh, not too long ago, like last offseason free agency, and you're paying him that kind of money, like a four-year deal worth a lot of money so I mean you just don't release a guy like that and a guy who was like a veteran president in your locker room if it wasn't some more things that went on behind the scenes so maybe with some more incidents that happened with Earl Thomas and some other teammates as well but I mean you just don't release a guy like that and especially in a timely manner that the Baltimore Ravens did without some more incidents that went on so I mean like it's really weird you don't really see teams you know have these players sign to long-term deals like that and just release them after training camp like that unless they just have a poor performance so, I mean, I think it's some more things that went on with Earl Thomas in the Ravens organization. And, I mean, this has been a pretty interesting offseason for Earl Thomas, to say the least, because, you know, he had the whole incident with his baby mama or, like, whatever, you know, almost blow, blowed his brains out because he was cheating on her and things like that with his brother. Then you got this whole Chuck Clark fight that went on. So, I mean, I just think that it is a lot that has kind of transpired for Earl Thomas and the Baltimore Ravens. But I don't think it's going to be too long until we see Earl Thomas end up signing with another team. It's reportedly between the San Francisco 49ers and the Dallas Cowboys, which were the two teams that are pretty much in the market for Earl Thomas when he was a free agent a few uh, year back or so. So, I mean, I, I think he's probably going to end up signing with the Dallas Cowboys. They were the favorites to sign Earl Thomas, or maybe he could go to the 49ers as well. I really like him with the 49ers with what they have set in place with how good their defensive line is, how good their cornerbacks are. So, I really like him to go to the 49ers. I think that would be a really good fit, especially with the fact that Seattle just traded for Jamal Adams so maybe that's the 49ers way of countering things so really interesting how things have transpired in Baltimore concerning Earl Thomas let me know what you guys think about this situation I mean this is really interesting man so Earl Thomas has been released by the Baltimore Ravens